What's up, everyone, and welcome to Making the Shift. We're an SLP couple from California with three boys and a passion for finding better ways to support autistic kids. I'm Chris. You might know me as Speech Dude. I'm a neurodivergent high school SLP and the creator of the dynamic assessment of social-emotional learning, and I specialize in crafting neurodiversity-affirming IEPs through my online course. And I'm Jesse, a sensory integration trained SLP, owner of a top rated clinic in Los Angeles, and the creator of the Inside Out Sensory Communication Programs for Parents and Therapists. Join us weekly to learn neurodiversity affirming ways to support social emotional development and regulation in autistic kids. Are you ready to make the shift? Let's do it. Five, four, three, two, one happy new year it is that time i feel like we needed to celebrate here because we are both asleep by that time we actually never (laughs) celebrated so this will be our party this is our party our new year's party so happy new year we hope you enjoyed the holidays with family and friends we're super excited to be back we've still got a week yeah, I'm you. back in a week. I do want to reflect back on 2022, though. You know, what a year. We launched this podcast. Yeah. We did our first episode in Australia, mites. Oh, yeah, our first one. And, and our yeah. very first episode, if you recall, if you were there, was the day after we got engaged. That's right. Yep. And yep. We I, had uh, gone out to celebrate, and we really weren't feeling too hot in the first episode. <laughs> No, we, we celebrated for sure on that evening of the proposal, but it was a sure shot. She, she, I knew how much she loved me and it was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And now next baby is on the way. Yep. It was a busy year. So yeah. one thing we wanted to do was talk about things that can really push you forward, make you really successful in the next year, in the new year. And that's why we chose this topic for today, which was five ways you can boost team collaboration in the new year. Okay, we know if you are here, you've worked on teams many times. We have worked on lots of teams. And I can tell you after, they're coming to get you. Do you hear that cop car? (laughs) Cop car, they knew I was here. So we can tell you after working on so many teams and For me, you know, we've done a lot of work with our online programs and helping therapists through those programs. And I could tell you the number one thing that is going to determine someone's success with their client, with their student, with getting others on board with a neurodiversity affirming approach is team collaboration. We cannot do this alone. We know that therapy doesn't happen just in a vacuum. There's so much more to helping our kids than just the time we spend with them in our sessions. And if you're a parent, you know that there are a lot of people in the the child's life that is not, that are spending more time with them, even like waking hours sometimes than families. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That team collaboration approach is number one, right? You have to have a solid foundation, build that culture. So it generates a connection between everybody. So we'll go ahead and go over some of those, uh, those tips, tools, and ways to boost team collaboration. Yeah. So we've just got some, we've got five tips for you to boost team collaboration. 
And some of these may be things that you've heard, but maybe we'll give you a new spin on them. Some of the things are maybe things that would be great for you to start implementing in the new year. So the first one we have for you is about relationships, how important it is to build relationships with the team members that you are working with. And I know that may sound obvious, but I think sometimes we have this mentality of, I need to get to work. I need to spread the knowledge. I need to do the trainings. I need to educate them. And there's just not going to be as much success in that relationship and that collaboration if you haven't spent time kind of building that connection with that person. And it always reminds me, I always think about the saying you would say, which was. Yeah. So the saying, it's a quote. I don't know it off the top of my head on who wrote it, but it is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that really is the foundation when we work uh, in a team collaborative approach. I use that model when I work with my students. It's like you could sit at the IEP table and you can talk about everything neurodiversity and all of the knowledge you've learned. But um, if there's not that feeling that you genuinely care about making the difference or the impact and everything that you say, regardless of what side of the table you're sitting at, it's not going to build that culture. And so, uh, again, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think a practice to <laughs> a practice to think about, which helps you kind of foster that, is that another saying, which is seek to understand. You know, so whenever you are communicating with another team member always seek to understand. And so often we might like be on the defense where they say something, we may not agree with it. And instead of immediately trying to like think in your head, why are they possibly saying that? What is wrong? Like, I don't understand. Seek to understand. Think about what is their perspective? Where are they coming from? What is their background? What are their emotions involving all of this? And when we can really seek to understand another person's perspective, that's when we can really come from a place of compassion and be able to build that authentic relationship too, which is what you're talking about. That's huge. Yeah. Um, establishing that different perspective and, and other people's viewpoints. So you can come in with an effective approach on that. You know, a couple of years ago, I had read a book. Actually, I've read it a couple of times now because it was really good. There was some um, insight in it um, by Dale Carnegie. It's probably one of the top five books, right? How to Win Friends and Influence Peoples. And that was one of the chapters was seek to understand, then to be understood and all about taking the other people's perspectives. And um, I can't tell you how, if, how important that is to building a community and culture within your team that you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was like the fourth cop car. They're really looking for you. Should I am up in this office. They're not going to find <laughs> me. I got the blinds closed. <laughs> Those guys have um, anyway. No yeah. So this um, is also effective in relationships. <laughs> Seek to understand then to be understood. Okay. Example. Okay. Is your ADHD and you do something. I always have to seek to understand why 
like you may be doing something or thinking about something else. And that helps me better understand you. Ironically, I was not the one that was paying attention to the cop cars. I know, but <laughs> I think I think about it because I think about how your brain is going to think about it. I was monomaniacally focused on this. I bet you were. <laughs> so anyway, last thing on the relationship front, I think something else that's really important other than this seek to understand, come from a place of compassion is find your people, build your tribe. One of the biggest challenges I hear from therapists, from parents we work with is that they don't feel like there are other people in the environment that have the same goals in mind that they do, that they don't feel like they're using the same approaches. And I hear this from therapists all the time where that they feel like the biggest problem is that everyone is on different pages. And that is something that, you know, of course comes with time, but the more that you can fill your bubble with other people who have that same, um, those same beliefs and want to be neurodiversity affirming and want to learn together, the more it is going to lift you up because otherwise it can be really hard. It can be really toxic when we go into work environments where everyone else is wanting different things than us. And, you know, there are always going to be places that you can find your tribe. And if that is not in your work setting, like if that is a really big problem in your work setting, you've got us. <laughs> That's right. There's the, you've yeah, got absolutely. your online community. You've got tons of people that you can turn to to have a supportive community as well. I have felt I have found um, that in meetings with parents and in meetings with staff and um, departments and just being out in groups that alongside the environments and those around, if there is a sense of not understanding from somebody or not a willingness to understand, then it's like planting those seeds of opportunities so that they can make the discovery. But here's the one thing I wanted to share was that I have found it to be effective um, by praising others rather than criticize them. And so when we build teams and when we build culture and we build community um, with our team to make a collaborative effort, um, praise will always trump criticism. I can tell you that. Yeah, the bee attracts. Wait, what is it? Bees are attracted to honey. Yeah, not vinegar. Not vinegar. That's right. You'll attract more bees with honey than vinegar. Yeah. So, and that's really important. I know we've talked a lot about that in the in past episodes too. Right. Okay. Let's do number two. Number two. I just wanted to say that was great. Number one. And so uh, the, the information that you provided, Jesse, uh, was was great. Thanks. See how I did that? Oh, that offered a little bit of praise. <laughs> oh, that was tricky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hit number two. Number two, and I'll say this kind of like a two-parter, which is center autistic voices. Of course, if these are autistic kids we're talking about or your clients or students, Try to come from a place when you're collaborating the team that is focused on providing support in a way that is supported by the autistic community. And something to think about is starting with the why. And that's very famous, like Simon Sinek talks about it, how when we want to try to get people on board with something, we have to really start with the why. We don't start with the what, we don't start with the how, we have to start with the why. And the reason for that is because people make decisions based off of emotions. They make their decisions based off of emotions and they back them 
up with logic, right? So people will can turn anything logical into anything that they want, right? It's like you have some emotional tie, like, oh, I want to go to this party tonight because I know it's going to be so fun. And then you start coming up with all these logical reasons. Oh, I haven't seen my friends in so long and we can get childcare. But if you had made that decision that that doesn't sound fun, I don't want to go to that party. You're going to be like, well, childcare is too expensive. I just talked to my friends last week, right? You're going to start coming up with like excuses. So you really want to get people on board with that why. And a lot of the times when we can connect that to how this is supporting the autistic community and and why neurodiversity affirming approaches are so important, that's what I have found really brings people together. So really helping other team members to understand like what is the big picture here? What are we doing for this child? You know, Chris and I always talk about how Yes, these are little things that you can do in your individual sessions, but what is the bigger picture here? The bigger picture is how can we help our kids leave, lead more fulfilling, happy lives, right? And who doesn't want that for their kids? So really starting with the why, helping people to understand that. And we are just constantly referring to different like autistic accounts and autistic colleagues and friends for information. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's, you, you hit the nail on the head on that very end part there too, with giving that opportunity for the why, so we can work with our clients and students to create a life that's purposeful for them. And yeah. that is, that is number one. Yeah. I, wanted I was just thinking about this while you were talking too I could see it in your eyes that you were thinking about something <laughs> I only know it's kind of like a really bad dad joke and I was thinking about how it tied into this and I'm going to say it just because because why not I only know 25 letters of the alphabet I don't know why <laughs> okay I'll stop now oh, oh. um okay so let's get away from that dad joke <laughs> Hey, you're on marrying to the next me. One? You're marrying me. On to oh, numero tres. Number okay. three. Number three. And this is going to be more of like a tactical kind of strategy for you. And this is another two-parter. One is when you are trying to get teams on board, you're trying to train them in different strategies, different approaches. One, make it easy. And two, set them up to have a quick win. Okay, what do I say when I say make it easy? How many of you have had like a parent come into a session or a professional come in and you start talking to them? And at least I know when working with parents, there have been times where parents have come in here for the very first session. And I am so excited about what we're gonna be doing together that I just go on and on. And I'm like giving them so many strategies and so much to do. And they walk out of here with a laundry list of things to do. And then what happens is they feel so overwhelmed by like, it's not that they're not excited, but they're overwhelmed because it's so much to do that they don't even get started. Okay. So start by making it really easy. Have like one core thing you are trying to teach someone first and make that your one thing that you want to teach them. And then set them up for a quick win, meaning give them a way to use that strategy that's going to be super easy for them and it's going to feel good and they're going to be successful. We don't want to give them something that's going to take like years to perfect and 
or, or something like that, but giving them a tool, telling them exactly how to use it, letting them use it with a kid, having that quick win, they're going to be a lot more likely to want to come back for more if we've made it easy and they've been successful. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about my ADHD and it's like, if someone were to give me like a, a 10 step plan and they would say, Hey, you know, Crystal, here you go. Uh, the first thing I want you to do is you're going to go observe the student. And then the second thing you're going to do is you're going to write down some of the um, things that are in the environment. And then the third thing you're going to do, I'm like, wait a minute, what was number one? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you don't want to overwhelm people with just a whole bunch of things. And um, and yeah, quick wins is very uh Yeah, because, and I teach this when I talk about, you know, things like parent coaching is, you want the person to be successful. You want them to have that feeling of, wow, I did it. That was great. And if you give them something that's so hard and complicated to do, then they're not going to get that feeling. And we know what drives people intrinsically, what intrinsically motivates people is mastery, getting better and having successes. So helping them to have that success is only going to increase their intrinsic motivation to continue to do that in the future. Small incremental wins lead to gigantic progress. That's how it works. All right. So number- Write that down. (laughs) (laughs) You need a whole book of Chris Life life lessons. (laughs) Everyone who listens, they can just have their notebooks. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's hit you with number four or just hit you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Okay. Our number four is also more tactical, which is make a plan, make a plan, block out time, figure out how that person learns. Okay. For example, some people like to learn with visuals. Some people want a video. Some people want to read an article, talk to your team, figure out what, not only how do they like to learn, what do they have time for? right? Like I know my clinic team, what their schedules are like. I I know what they do or don't have time for. I know what their preferences are for, um, for things. I know that they would rather have a team meeting once a week to learn something than get a five page email and video from me. Right. So there are ways to set that up with your team so that you are really using whatever their learning style is and what they have time for and what that preference is for them so that you're able to communicate with them. You don't want them to, every time they see an email from you, be like, oh my God, Chris sent me another 10 minute video. I try to, yeah. 20 minute video. Yeah. That's part of it too, though. Um, Making that plan. You mentioned to make a plan with either video or reaching out through text or maybe small group meeting. And I am really effective when the plan includes pizza or donuts. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But but really, um, you're not. But I, you know, subtly, it was a little, I had to throw that in there. But um, yeah, I really do think that um, is a is a really good way to build that collaboration with with teams as, as yeah. you said. And I'll give you an example. You know, I was working on a team not too long ago with this little girl and she had like probably 20 people on her team. I mean, massive team, tons of different types of therapies, lots of extracurriculars. They were all on the team, you know, swimming, uh her groups she was in on the weekend. Like that's all people who are on her team. 
And I realized that it was not realistic for me to like do individual touch-ins with 20 people once a week or whatnot, which is why we had set up a group email where we could all do a check-in once a month. I would send them a video or a handout or something for them to review. And that got everyone on the same team in a five minute period of time, you know, um, really short videos. That's how autism support resources was created, which is our, um, not our, mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our by my, our, I mean, my team, what we created to support teams, which is like literally just a grab and go of, oh, you want to teach about, um, person first versus identity first language. Here's a video on that. Shoot it, send it over. So having a plan is super, super important. And then it helps you because you don't feel as stressed out thinking about how much you're going to have to do or how much you're going to have to teach because you've kind of already got it all outlined as well. Yep. Okay. And our last one for you, number five, is remembering that you are on the same team. You are all on the same team. And I always think about how couples therapists will say to people that when couples are arguing, they always think it's them versus the other person, but it's really the couple versus the problem. And I think that's so true here because a lot of the barriers and the things that are getting in the way of us being able to implement everything we want to implement, they're not actually people. They're like systemic problems or funding issues or environmental. And I think that if we can realize that we're all on the same team here trying to accomplish the same goal, then that prevents us from getting into what you were talking about earlier of like your way versus my way and, and all of that. A hundred percent team building, collaboration, building that trust, all of those things. Yeah. And with that is just remembering that everyone is on their own journey. And I think it's one of these things where when you realize, okay, I want to be a neurodiversity affirming therapist and you start going out of your way to learn how to do that. All of a sudden you want everyone to like be there with you, like know everything, you know, be as excited as you. And the truth is that everyone is in their own place on that journey. And we just can't um, necessarily speed up that progress. Like maybe we can by helping, but we can't just like automatically assume that everyone is going to be in the exact same space as us. So understanding, you know, that goes back to the seek to understand is knowing where they're coming from. Yes, absolutely. And I would um, so to recap, we we had five things there to boost. Um, just in short, relationships first. Number two, start with why. Number three, make it easy for them to set up quick wins, l- those little wins. Four, make a plan. And then five, remember you're on the same team. That's the cliff note version, but I encourage you to save this episode, go back and get these things down because this is really going to be effective for the whole team approach, collaboration approach. And speaking of team building, I almost forgot that we are doing a virtual seminar, which is our Making the Shift seminar, which we have traveled all over to give in person. We are doing this virtually for the first time ever. 
and we just opened registration and it's going to be only a few weeks away from now. So if you want to join us for that, we will put a link below so that you can sign up because our spaces for that are limited. And yeah, we're really, really excited. We're going to be talking about how to support kids sensory regulation, emotional regulation, self-advocacy skills, and all of that is going to be focused on using a team approach. So this webinar is not just for professionals, it's for parents, for anyone who feels like they could use some help with using neurodiversity affirming strategies. So, And it's going to be interactive. We're going to be uh, really hitting home with some of the concepts by playing some virtual games with you. We are going to be providing some handouts that are going to be very resourceful for um, whatever setting you're in or whatever um, context you're in for working with neurodivergent students. And I just am going to tell you that we're coming in hot with energy. That's what we're doing. You will come in hot with energy. I will drink like five coffees to keep up with you. There we have it. So thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. Um, remember if you could please jump on there and give us, um, uh, favorable rating. That would be fantastic. If you didn't love this episode, then don't go to that section. <laughs> anyway, we will catch you next time. As usual, stay cool and be legendary, my friends. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe, write a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.